My name is George Hill. I'm the care pastor here at Grace Church and have been here just a couple years. And, uh, but some of you don't know who I am, so I need to give a little bit of a background of who I am and uh, how I've gotten to where I am today. I moved here, like I said, a couple years ago and um, with my kids and my wife. And uh, my wife, when she was 12 years old, had cancer. And back then, she received three times the radiation that she would receive today. So she had a lot of physical challenge. And about eight years ago, she had a heart transplant out in Los Angeles, California. And then about three, a little over three years ago, she went home to be with Jesus. It was a great day. It was difficult, but it was a very, diff- very good day. You see, the lessons, the best lessons I believe that we gain in life come from experiences that, experiences that we have. I wish I could learn from other people's experiences instead of my own, but uh, they come from our own personal experiences. And uh, some of the stuff I'm going to talk about today has to do with those experiences. You see, not too long ago, about 10 months ago, I was sitting about four rows back, right about where Jonathan was sitting, and I was filled with incredible anxiety. Like, I felt like I was going crazy. My brain was just not working right. I was filled with so much anxiety, I didn't even know what to do. I thought I was seriously going crazy. I was right here in the middle of all of you. I thought all of you were looking at me going, what is wrong with George today? And it was a crazy day. You see, I was always the one that was helping others. I was always the one in the middle of everybody else's crisis. And here I was. I was in the middle of my own crisis. I didn't know what to do. But you know, I, God gave me enough wherewithal to reach out, to talk to some people I trusted, to be able to give me the help that I needed at, during that time. And I know some of you must be going right now, I can't even imagine, here I am, Here's George, one of our pastors, going through all this stuff. How could this happen to you? You see, I'm not sure how, why it all happened or how it all happened to me, but I knew that it was happening. And if it has ever happened to you, you know how real it is. You know the depth of pain that you experience in those moments. So today, what we're going to talk about is anxiety and talk to you about a very important passage of Scripture that I believe that helps us deal with these, pass- these emotions that we're dealing with, things like worry, things like anxiety. I don't know if you know, but suicide is at all-time uh, all high in America right now. So this, these issues of anxiety and thing, people don't know how to deal, we don't know how to deal with anxiety. You see... I know that there's a lot of different types of anxiety, and I know that some anxiety is good. You know, I picture this box here sitting on this table. Anxiety, sometimes you guys face anxiety, and this thing goes a little bit crazy, doesn't it? But it settles down. That anxiety is good. If you're at work and you feel some anxiety, I've got this project I need to do at work, and I don't know if I'm going to get it done, and we have a little bit of anxiety, and it twists and turns a little bit but typically it settles back down. There's another level of anxiety, and it gets a little bit worse than that. It moves around like this, and you get scared a little bit, and you wonder, how am I going to get through this? But you begin to practice some of the tools that you've learned. You pray, you listen to worship music, 
and this thing begins to settle down again. You might go for a walk. Things that the Lord has led you in and has taught you how to deal with your anxiety, how to settle this anxiety down. There's a third type of anxiety that I believe that gets really crazy. This thing goes nuts. I mean, it's moving all over the place. And it's like a volcano. And these things start going off like crazy. All, all these issues in your life. Uh-oh. All these issues in your life are going off. And you don't know what to do with them. And sometimes at that point, you need even a doctor's help to deal with the anxiety in your life. So I do know that there's different types of anxiety. And you know what? If you Google, how do I deal with anxiety? You'll come up with page after page of people's ideas of how to deal with your anxiety. I'm not saying that any of those are bad. I'm not saying that any of those situations um, that people are teaching you are bad to deal with your anxiety. What I'm trying to say is there's a lot of ways to deal with anxiety. But what I want to do is this morning is talk about a passage that I found incredibly valuable to me. And it was found in Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. We have to understand what Paul is saying here. It says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind, minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the God of peace will be with you. Notice what it says in verse 9. It says, Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. We need to remember that this was the Apostle Paul writing to his, the church in Philippi while he was in prison. So I want to say right off the bat, what it says here is practice. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me. Keep putting into practice. You see, I had to begin to think of new ways of, I had to come up with new ways of thinking. I had to practice new ways of acting and putting these things into practice into my own life. You see, it's really easy to listen to a sermon, isn't it? And forget what was said. Or it's easy to, listen, to read scripture and, for, and not apply what it's saying to us. But notice what it says when you begin to practice these things. It says, then the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace. Think about that for a second. The God of peace, the one who created you. 
The one who calls out to me saying, you, George Hill, are my beloved. The one, the author of peace. See, see, we don't have any ability to really give ourselves peace. God is the only one who can give us that peace. You see, I believe sometimes that God will sweep over us. Like when I was having that situation, my, my anxiety, I believe sometimes God can sweep over us and supernaturally give us peace. But a lot of the times, it's the work of sanctification. It's the day-to-day work where God is working in us and with us and through us where we are starting to come up with a new way of thinking for ourselves. So that was my therapy. Every morning I had to get up and think differently about my life. You see, so that I could learn how to trust the Lord and experience that this God of peace would be with me. You see, one of the strange things that happened is I I ended up going to a counselor and the counselor asked me, one of the questions they asked me, they said, have you ever experienced anxiety before and how did you deal with it? Well, there was a while back when we sent my son to a treatment center up in, in Minneapolis. As a dad, I was filled with anxiety. And Sherry and I meditated on this one scripture and it's found in Isaiah 41.10. It says this, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We would say that over and over. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And my counselor looked at me And she says, George, why are you going so fast? Why are you going so fast? She said, slow down. So I had to go, so do not fear. For I am with you. She challenged me to chew on those words that God was with me for I am with you. I would seriously lay in bed sometimes and that's all I could say. Lord, help me to experience you. Your word says that you're with me. I believe that. For I am with you. Embrace it. Embrace that God is with you. Chew on them and understand them. Read scripture slow. You see, what was really happening is my mind was focused on the despair that I was experiencing. It's like if you're going down a big muddy road in a truck, your wheels are going to find the deepest rut and they're going to stay in that rut. And my mind was in that rut trying to figure out or think about the despair that I was in. I had to get out of that rut and think differently. I had to think about the truth that God made me, that God cared about me, that God loved me. I had to get from this rut of despair to a new rut. So what did I do? I had to create a new rut. So here's what I did. I came up with a prayer and I read this prayer over and over again. I'll tell you about it in a minute. But this is the prayer that I wrote. 
I said, Dear Lord, I come to you today to ask for help. You are my everything. Lord, I need rest. I give you my worry. Take it, Lord. I accept your peace, love, and understanding. Help me to turn to you and not to myself. Help me to stop doing and start trusting. Help me to wait on your answers because I know that they are good. Give me wisdom, hope, and peace. Thank you, Lord, for your patience and grace. I love you, and I know that you love me so much more than I could ever imagine. There's three phrases in there that really changed my life. There's the, the, it says right here, Help me to turn to you and not to myself. Help me to stop doing and start trusting. And help me to wait on your answers because I know that they are good. You see, because I wanted to control everything. If I could have only done this, then I wouldn't have anxiety. I wish I would have done this, then I wouldn't have my anxiety. I had to learn to control. I mean, I tried too much to learn to control. And the best thing I could do is give it up to God. The best thing I could do is to release that to the Lord. Help me to wait on your answers because I know that they are good. You see, what I had to do to get from that deep rut to a new rut was this. Every time I began to feel anxiety or despair or frustration, what I did was I had this, I don't even have my phone, I left it in the office, but I would pull up my phone and I had it right there. And I would read it. I would read this prayer over and over again, sometimes probably 15 to 20 times a day. That's how rough things were. So I would turn to this because I knew that this was a prayer that was true, filled with God's truth. I had to practice these things to make sure that I thought God's way versus my way. You see, I believe that the greatest tool that can help a person manage their emotional health is to develop a spiritual closeness to God. Let me read that again. I believe the greatest tool that can help a person manage their emotional health is to develop a spiritual closeness to God not only just in our heads, but in the practices of our life. So for a minute, I want you to think about a relationship that, you may, that might be causing you worry or a predicament in your life that is causing you anxiety that may seem impossible to resolve. And what we want to do is we want to look at some biblical wisdom and apply it to a real-life issue that you guys are dealing with. Okay? That's the introduction. I promise the rest won't be this long. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are with us. You're with us right now. Help us to experience you as we talk about something, a passage of scripture that is so applicable to us today. Father, I know you spoke to me when I was sitting in that chair so many weeks ago, so many months ago. And you mentioned to me that if I'm feeling this way, other people are feeling the same. Father, I pray that if there's anybody in this room today that is feel, feeling anxious or filled with worry, 
not knowing what's happening, not knowing what's going on in front of them. I pray that you would give them what they so desire this morning, a touch from you, that they would experience you in a special way. So Lord, thank you for being here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. So Philippians 4, 4 through 5, it says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. <coughs> Excuse me. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. So what do I want you to practice? Or what do I feel like out of this passage it's teaching us to practice? The first thing is to rejoice. It says, rejoice in the Lord It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. You see, the word rejoice means to be favorably disposed to God's grace. This is not a suggestion, it's a command. Rejoice, and we can always choose to praise the Lord. Galatians 5.22 says, that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And if we are always filled with the Spirit and the Spirit causes us to rejoice, then it will follow us with rejoicing. We can rejoice because of God's salvation. No one and nothing can take away our salvation. That's in Romans eight thirty-seven and through 39. We can rejoice always, even in persecution, because we believe God's promises. You see, in in the very first part of James, it says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you face trials of many kinds. If you stop right there, we're in trouble because why would, you, why would you be joyful with your trials? Do not miss those next words. There's three words in my version, but there's, it says, Because you know. In some versions it says, Knowing this. There's a cognitive thing going on that you have to believe that the testing of your faith produces endurance, completeness, and maturity. So therefore, you can look at the trial that you're walking through with joy. We can rejoice always knowing that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We sang about that this morning. We can rejoice because one day we will see the Lord face to face. Those are things that, I mean, our, our, your Bible is filled with all kinds of things that you can rejoice about. Look for them. Practice that. You see, our rejoicing should be in what the Lord has done, continues to do in our life, and will continue to do in the future regardless of our circumstances. Our hope is in the Lord for He is our rock and our salvation. And this alone is reason enough to rejoice always. So the first thing is to practice rejoicing. Put this practice into your life. Look for things to rejoice over. Be determined to look on the bright side of things. So that's the first thing, to rejoice. Practice, the second thing is release. Release your burden every day. And where do I get this? In verse 6, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all, of he, all he has done. You see, I believe God specifically answers what we specifically request. 
You see, there was a time when my wife Sherry, it was her very first heart, heart procedure. She was in Colorado Springs. She was having a valve repair done. But as always, nothing went like expected. And there was one night where she was in incredible pain. She had been given every medication that they could give her to relieve her of her pain, and she was in incredible pain, which she had, I forget what you call it, a thoracotomy or whatever. They had to take an infection off of her lungs, so they, it was just incredible. The pain was intense. Nothing we could do would relieve the pain. But our nurse came in who happened to be a youth pastor from Pueblo. And he came in and said, George, we've done everything we can do, but there's one last thing that we can do, and we can pray. We knelt, seriously, we knelt down next to the bed, and within 20 minutes, she was fast asleep. Nobody will ever be able to tell me that that was anything except for an act of God. You see, God answered our prayer. And I am thankful that she was out of pain at that point and was able to go to sleep. But when I'm reminded of that event today, what I'm reminded of is God's goodness to us. That God cares for us. That he hears us. That when we need to release our burdens to him, be specific. He also says, thank him for all he has done. Thank him for all he has done. You see, one of the things when I was in the middle of all my anxiety, one of the things I was coached to do was every night before I went to bed, I wish I had my phone so I could show you, I wrote down three things that I was thankful for for that specific day. I did that night after night after night after night. Three things I was thankful for for that day. At the beginning, there wasn't a lot for me to look for. I said things, some, thank you for my son who was willing to listen to me. Or I would say, thank you for this bed that I can lay in. I was searching for anything to be thankful for. But after I was on this journey for a while, I was, I was able to dig into the things that I knew that God had done for me and was able to be thankful for those things. It was incredible this, um, to do this right before I went to sleep. It changed how I was thinking. My heart became lighter. My burden became lighter because I was reminded of the things that God has done. So what I'm encouraging you, you to do is drop that heavy load that is on your shoulders and give it to him. Release your burden to him every day. For me, it was an issue of quit trying to control it but release it to him. You see, when you begin to live a life of gratitude, it is amazing what it does for your spirit. You begin to live lighter and easier. So worry about nothing, turn it into prayer, make your worry a prayer list, and keep that before the Lord. Practice that. Release every day your burdens. The third thing is to relax. Relax every day. Verse 7 says, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Let's look at the word guard. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. By the way, the source of your anxiety is always in your heart or in your mind. 
So what does the word guard mean? It's a military term in Greek for march, excuse me, marching, marching sentry duty around a treasure. Marching sentry duty around a treasure. What are the specific areas in the scripture that says need to be guarded? Your heart and your mind. So if you want to experience God's peace, here it is. Relax every day as God surrounds you with his peace. And relax in his peace every day. Because he's surrounding you with his peace. Look at Isaiah 26, 3-4. It says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord, is, Lord God is your eternal rock. You see, your world is not your rock. Your future is not your rock. Your situation is not your rock. Your health is not your rock. Your rock is the Lord. He is the eternal rock. You see, oftentimes we get away from that. And we begin to think that if what's most important is our health or our future. So relax every day as God's peace surrounds you. When you begin to practice these things and turn your anxiety over to the Lord or your worry, rejoicing every day, releasing every day, relaxing every day, practicing these things, it's amazing how difficult it is for your circumstances to work your way into your mind and your heart when you're practicing these things. Now let's get back to Philippians 4. It says, we've learned to rejoice, we've learned to release, we've learned the importance of relaxing. Now here's the fourth thing. Respond by focusing on the right things. Where do I get this? Is in verse 8. I'm glad you asked me that. Where do I get that? <laughs> what are they? I'm glad. What are the things that we need to focus on? There are six of them. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Look at these six. So I'm to focus my mind on what is true. What is true? It's in this book. And the more you become familiar with this book, you'll understand what truth is. That is how to know what is true. You see, God does not ever give us what is false. See, I, it, when I was in the middle of this anxiety, I was going, golly, just give me some relief. What do I need to do? And I began to realize that this was a part of God's plan. God does not play tricks on us. He doesn't give us what is false. He doesn't play games with us. He's not trying to trick me. He operates on truth. And it is the truth that we hear from Jesus that sets us free. And what we've learned before is if we are free in him, we are truly free. You see, a long time ago, I, I met with this guy who had made an absolute mess of his life. This guy was, had a terrible reputation. He ruined most of his future. He was very well educated. He had a couple doctorates. He was a very intelligent individual, but he stopped thinking about what was right and pure and lovely. He got his life off course. 
And we were, when he ran his life off course, he, his life became a crazy, crazy mess. And it's taken years for him to get out of it because he stopped focusing on things that were honorable and right and pure. You see, I don't think you can ever go wrong if you focus on those things. When you focus on those things, it says, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Ask yourself, what are you focusing on and is it worthy of praise and is it worth your time? So respond by focusing on the right things. While I'm here, I might as well give you a secret that I found as I was reading these scriptures. I found that it says that there's a secret. In verse 12, it says, I've learned the secret of living in every situation. Whenever I'm looking or hearing for a secret, or if I read that, I'm going, I'm paying attention to that because I want to know the secret. And it goes on in verse, up, up above that, it says, I've learned to be content with whatever I have. I've learned to be content with whatever I have. You see, a lot of what causes our anxiety is that we are dragging along with us a lot of what we think will make us happy or fulfilled or unfulfilled. And when that doesn't happen and we begin to be filled, we begin to be filled with anxiety. If I don't have this relationship or if this relationship isn't everything I wanted it to be or if this relationship is falling apart and my expectations begin to be filled with worry or filled with anxiety. So my question to you is, have you learned to be content? Are you content with what you have or don't have? I have a friend who in his garage, there's a sign posted, so when he gets in the car, what he sees up in front of him, it says this, be content with today because today is enough. Be content with today because today is enough. How many of of you worry about your future? Are you going to have enough money for retirement? What's going to happen with my kids? Are they going to make the decisions I would like them to make? Verse 13 says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You see, we need to train ourselves to be confident in Christ's strength versus our own. So here it is as we wrap up. Rejoice, release, relax, and respond. Train yourself to be content. Train yourself to be confident in Christ's strength. Say a prayer, something similar to this if you're challenged. Today, I don't have the strength to do what is asked of me, but I know that you do. I can count on you to give me the strength. Today, I'm so overwhelmed that I can't even understand what is happening to me. I cannot do it. I am facing something in my life that is so difficult, I feel like I cannot even move. But I do know that nothing is too difficult for you. I'm having a difficult time forgiving someone. I don't even know how to do that. But I know that this this unforgiveness is paralyzing me. I don't know what to do, but I do know that you do. I ask that you will give me the strength in these areas to discover what you want me to do and then to do it. Help me to put to practice what you have shown me in your word. You see, I was going to a counselor and she would give me work to do at, at the end of each session. If she gave me a chapter to read, I would read two. 
If I was to write a page, I'd write a chapter. I would always do more than she asked me to do. I was so desperate to get back to normal. I remember those days. The pain was excruciating. I remember going in there and this time and she says, we got to the end of the session and she says to me, she says, your job today, your, your assignment for this week is to do nothing. I freaked out. What do you mean do nothing? I wanted something. Give me something to do, please. And she said to me probably the most profound words that I needed to hear. More than anything else, she said, God loves you. You are his beloved. George, I think God wants to heal you, not you heal you. And I wept. I could not gain my composure because I wasn't practicing the things that the Lord has told me to do already. My encouragement to you is to practice these things. Let's pray. Father, thank you for encouraging us in how to replace anxiety or worry with trust. I ask that you would give courage to the people that are sitting here today with anxiety that is overwhelming, that they may not even know what to do. I pray that you would give them courage to reach out for help. I also know that as soon as this service is over, the enemy has heard everything that has been said and will be surrounding us with all those little whispers designed to take away truth. I pray that you will give us the ability to rejoice, to release, to relax, and to respond in ways that reveal contentment in the strength of Christ. And as you reward us for that, Father, with your peace, remind us that it all comes from you. I pray that you will give us, all of us, a future and a hope that is filled with delight and joy and peace. And I ask this in the name of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. Amen.